Welcome to the official Ronnie Landis podcast show, where you learn to upgrade the human experience through natural nutrition, lifestyle design, and consciousness engineering. This is no ordinary health or personal growth podcast, and Ronnie Landis is definitely no ordinary host. Get ready to receive your upgrade in all you believed was possible, starting now. Greetings, everyone. Ronnie Landis here. Welcome to another edition of the official Ronnie Landis podcast show. And I am so excited to bring on this episode with you. I've been waiting months and months to officially release it. I mean, I could I could say that about every single episode. This one in particular right now in this moment, though, is very special to me. It's bringing on a, a good friend and someone that I've looked up to for quite some time, Preston Smiles. And you may have seen his YouTube videos online, his Facebook, his social media presence. I mean, this guy is a powerhouse. He is a force of love. And that's his message. That's his new book also that was released, uh, you know, about a couple months ago, I believe, called Love Louder. And I even was so compelled by his message, by his presence, by the connection that, that has been created between him and me that I went and bought five of his books when they came out. And I don't actually do that. I don't know why I did. I just felt like I wanted to support him because his message is so powerful. It's so unique. And he embodies it in such a way that it compelled me to simply just support him. And I read his book and it's fantastic. And we will definitely discuss that throughout the interview. Um, one thing I want to say, you know, I'm, I'm here in Egypt right now. I've been here for a little over a week and I bumped into Preston. Um, we hadn't seen each other in years, although we've, we've cross communicated and obviously did this interview, but I hadn't seen him in years. And we bumped into each other at a cafe in Venice, California, about two days before I got on a plane to head over to Turkey and then eventually over here to Egypt. And I have to say that this man is, he's just a unique, he's a unique individual and he really, really embodies his message and it shows up in his interactions with people. It shows up in his YouTube videos. It shows up in his Facebook posts. It shows up in the way that he hugs you, you know, like all kinds of things that I I could say about him. But um, it's clear that I just have a lot of respect and a lot of admiration for this individual. I appreciate his friendship. I appreciate the work that he does in the world. And I sincerely appreciate this conversation that we had. And I know each one of you listening is going to experience a shift. I don't know what that shift is going to be. I don't know what it's going to do, but it's going to shift you in a certain way. One of the quotes that he said as I was kind of picking through the interview before I jumped on the, to record this introduction was that, uh, let me grab it for a moment. One of his, one of his, um, his consistent quotes that he uses to, to package up his message, which is, love will always find a way. Everything else will find an excuse, but love will always find a way. 
I really appreciate that. There's been times in my life where I've experienced some some rock bottom challenges and I could make up a million different excuses for why it would not work, why I should not play the game full out, right? But as he says, love will always find a way and love always does. And I mean, if you didn't get anything else out of this, if you didn't even listen to this conversation, Listen to that and get that one insight. Um, that that to me has been the most powerful. But this conversation is um, it's 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 one for the ages. It's amazing. And so, without further ado, I want to invite you to take a moment, uh, just a moment of mindfulness. Take a deep breath, feel into your heart, and prepare to love louder with Preston Smiles. Enjoy. Preston Smiles' mission is to empower, inspire, and ignite a multi-generational movement of radical growth through conscious, creative content, acts of love, and living boldly. He believes we're here to leave the planet better than we found it, and he's committed to motivating others to join him on that mission and live their best life now. Welcome to the show. Thanks, man. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, oh, it's a pleasure, man. There's, there's so much I want to talk to you about, and uh, like I said before we got on here, it's been years in the making, and... It's been an honor to watch your journey and the work that you've done, the evolution of that work, how it is just just morphed into what it is now, which we're definitely going to talk talk about. But it's just a pleasure and an honor. Thank you, brother. I, I truly appreciate it, man. I don't even know or remember where we met. I knew it was a while back. I think it was at a party that Rashid had or something like that. I don't even know. Uh, interesting. Um, I don't know. There, I, I you know when I was. When I was deeper in the the Los Angeles scene, I do remember kind of seeing you at yeah, like Rashid, one probably Rashid's party or something. But I do remember the moment that I that I talked to you for just a minute at Agape. Ah, yes. Yeah, yes. you were standing out there in your your uh, I don't know what you call it, like like cowboy esque hat, and you <laughs> you know you do, and and I just I didn't really know who you were per se. I just knew that I saw some of your some of your videos and. Um, I just wanted to talk to you for a minute, and that agape connection, just on that note, is so deep. It's so serendipitous with so many of the closest people in my life, and um, so that was the moment that I, I remember uh, talking to you. Yes, 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 man. Beautiful. Beautiful. Mm. So where I would love to start with you is usually where I start with everybody. It's kind of the, the hero's journey theme to get us started, and... My question is, you know, for the work that you do in your message, in your purpose, there was an impetus. There was an original inspiration that acted as a catalyst of some sort. It may have been like a number of things, but I'd love for you to share with all of us what was that original inspiration for you? Hmm. See, when I get asked this question, it's always – I always uh, – <laughs> I'm weary to answer it because there's like 13 of them for me. Yeah. Like seriously. Uh Um, But I'll go back to, um, I was 15 years old um, when 
one of my best friends, Scott, called me to come out and hang and drink and uh, do runouts, which is where we basically go in a liquor store, grab all the alcohol, and run out at full steam um, and do what we always did. Um, and this is the first time I had a true understanding of intuition because something said no, and it was a clear no. And just to rewind a bit, my dad uh, at a very early age caught me smoking weed when I was 11 years old. And he sat me down and he said, you know, I have no problem with marijuana. Um, it's of the earth. Well, you know, you know, there's many people who do it. But what I, what I have for you, what I, the question I have for you, and this, he's speaking to an 11-year-old, by the way. Um, he said, um, and I don't want you to answer this right now, but I want you to look at everybody who's doing that and ask yourself, do you want their lives? And I went to answer. He said, no, I don't want you to answer right now. I just want you to sit with that. And then he, he ended the conversation by saying, you're a leader. And you're such a leader that if everybody's going left and something in your heart says go right, you will do it anyway. And he's speaking to an 11-year-old. He's lifting me high and holding me in space. And that was one of those conversations that now let's flash to 15 years old. I'm in a gang in some ways, but I'm also skating between um, being in a gang and also a basketball player and also a really good, sweet kid who doesn't know how to be with his emotions. And there's a lot happening all at once. And my buddy calls me to come out and hang like he always did. And for some reason, it was a no. So I said no. And he was like, oh, you're going to be a beep. And I'm like, yep, I'm going to be a, you know, a beat tonight. And he was like, all right, man, we'll get up tomorrow. And I'm like, cool. We'll talk tomorrow. And we hung up the phone. And within an hour, every single person in that blue Astro van was shot. And my best friend, Scott, was shot in the head and died on the scene. And for me, this was a gigantic wake-up call. You know, for a lot of my life, I said that this happened to me. And now, um, standing in the place of power, I understand that it happened for me. And that um, Scott lives on through me. Um, and that that instant scared me enough. Because that's, you know, at 15, it's all play until somebody actually gets hurt. And um, it scared me enough that I asked my father, could I leave? And he said, where do you want to go? And I said, I don't care. I just don't want to be in California. And he put me on a plane to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Two weeks later, I got off a plane. There was a sign with my name on it. And this woman, Shirley Russell, my dad's high school sweetheart, who I still love to this day and will be at my wedding. And she, was, she became my new mom. And I checked into North Allegheny High School, which at the time was one of the richest high schools in America, um, public schools. They had turf football fields. You could eat off the ground. The whole thing was crazy. And um, I had a realization at North Allegheny High that changed my life forever. And it's one of the reasons why I do what I do and I speak the way I speak. Um, the realization was I was in this kid's BMW zooming through these streets and they were drinking. And everybody was smoking weed, drink, drinking, listening to Outcast, Tupac, and Biggie. <laughs> and I thought to myself, this is interesting because... The kids at my old school, Carson High and San Pedro High and Gardena and Westchester, all the schools I got kicked out of, were also smoking weed, drinking, listening to Outkast, Tupac, and Biggie. But they were doing the same things but getting two different results based on the environment that was set up for them. And in that moment, I realized that underneath all of our stories, gay, straight, white, black, Christian, Muslim, underneath all of that stuff is our truth, which is love. That's our essence. 
And that, that opened the can for me to understand that it wasn't um, that black people or, or brown people or whatever were less than. It was the environment that was set up for us that was different. And, and I didn't, you know, and this took years because there was a lot of blame on the government and the man and all of that stuff for quite a while. And then I came to the realization that Jesus did when he said, forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. And um, I, got, I came to understand that illusion is a separation. Uh, or, yeah, separation is an illusion and that none of it is actually true with a capital T. And man, I could go on for like 10 hours on this, but that's it. That's, that's what started this process. That's so incredible, man. I, you know, that story definitely touches a piece of my heart. I have similar experiences growing up. And I remember when I was 15 years old, it's funny you mentioned that because um, I resonate in a similar way. I, I was raised as a martial artist. Actually, my first memories of being on this earth were of Bruce Lee when I was four years old. I was kind of born into it. And yes. I, I was raised with like a Bushido, very, you know, traditional, almost like ancestral mindset around martial arts. And I didn't really see it around me based on the modern day environment. Um, long story short, though, I too had kind of gone off the path. And when I was 15 and surrounded by the same influences that you're talking about, a voice came into my consciousness and just said, do you think you're going to live forever? Mm. And it, it, it shifted me because I had these dreams of being an Olympic competitor in Taekwondo. I had these dreams of, of fulfilling this impulse inside of me that was being medicated um, through mediocrity and all the different activities that our peers uh, engage in. And so I, that moment shifted me step by step out of that where I started to actually live that dream. And so that just really resonates with me. And on top of that, this idea around or this, this visceral sense around love um, has been penetrating me so much. And you have a really incredible quote, love will find a way, everything else will find an excuse. Yes, sir. And I want to touch on that because when I think about that quote, I, I reflect back at the movie, the movie reel of my life. And every single thing that I've overcome and gone through, it was that. Even if I didn't know it was love, it was a love that was propelling me through Yes. Um, you know, conceptually impossible situations and somehow a way was found out of no way. So I'd love to touch on that with you. Yeah, man. That's what it's all about. I mean, you know, from a more metaphys metaphysical standpoint, love, we can't be separate from love. And, you know, that's that's a whole deeper cut at this thing. But, you know, at the sort of like base level human stuff, love We'll find a way. Everything else will find an excuse. And the the idea and the understanding is that um, you know when you're truly committed to something and and, and moving from the space because it's all about alignment. You know, I teach that it's not your job to make it happen. It's your job to welcome it, mm -hmm. to become the space for creativity, to become the space for joy, to become the space for your loved ones and everybody to enter that space and. Um, for things to manifest. So for me, it's more about alignment than it is about, um, making a way per se. Yes. Although, you know, 
hard work and, and intention and goals and all of those things are beautiful, but it's, it always comes back for me to the context of where you're um, seeking these things. Mm-hmm. So, so if the context of losing weight is I hate my body and I'm not as pretty as uh, Jessica Alba or whoever you're comparing yourself to, then I would not call that um, love. That's the context of hate. Although it's wrapped in this goal setting, I'm going to pump my body up thing so I can be enough. Mm-hmm. You get where I'm going with that? 100%. So, so in other words, the context is oftentimes more important than the content. Absolutely. And in the context determines the content. My grandmother... Mm bless her beautiful heart, is the context for the content called brain tumors and cancers and can't walk because she worries her freaking brain off. She never stops worrying. So she, her body is the context for the content of dis-ease. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, one of the things we teach you is that you can't intervene in a world that you truly cannot see. And I am a world. And you are a world. Our bodies are a world. And we can't intervene. Everybody's talking about changing things, but can you truly see? Can you see with the eye behind the eye what's actually operating you? Can you get that the Ferrari that you think you want is no different than the Ninja Turtle that you wanted as a child? That it's no different than the G.I. Joe or the Barbie that you wanted because you think that it's going to fill you up in some way. That's the game. Can you listen to your listening and catch What's operating you and then shift into creativity, into space, into the space of harmony and joy and the truth of your being. Mm. (laughs) No, it's, it's so beautiful. I was taking a moment to pause and, and let that sink in. And it's, it's so, it's so universally applicable because in the work I do in the health space, I, I really have dedicated a lot of my my investment to the most extreme cases of debilitation and quote unquote disease. I work with so many people with all kinds of stage forms of cancer and, um, all kinds of, uh, you know, quote unquote diseases, however you want to kind of umbrella that and every gradient people that are healthy and just want to improve their life, their psychology, all the way to people on death's door. Mm-hmm. And I've created a space within myself to accommodate that versatility because I see the universal, um, I guess you could say memes or the mind viruses that infect yes. the whole way around. And so, um, you know, I just, I just feel like that's such a, that touches me in a way because the work that I do with people is always getting underneath the curtain, you know, the curtain being the manifestation of a physical symptom Um, and then pulling that back a little bit like, okay, look, we'll get into the protocol. Trust me. That's part of this. I'll put that together for you. But in this session together, we got to go to the root of the spoiled fruit. We got to figure out or we got to reveal how circumstances have evolved to this place in order to rewrite the script for what it is you say you want to experience. Yes, yes, yes. The condition of the soil determines the productivity of the seed. Yes. I feel you on that one, man. That's beautiful. That is beautiful. And I want to... um, on on that note, you have a brand new book that released really recently called Love Louder. 
Yes. And it's a beautiful looking book. I can't wait to, to dive into it myself. But I want to ask you, what does it mean to love louder in our lives? Yeah, man. You know, I, I live by the philosophy and, and I have the belief that um, when we amplify our love, we automatically amplify our lives. And I am um, living in that right now. So everything in that book is, is something that I've practiced along the way and I'm still practicing. Um, loving louder means choosing love, which sometimes doesn't look pretty, which sometimes doesn't feel good um, per se. In, in the midst of the storm, understanding that this too shall pass and also understanding that the body is a living library that stores all traumas. Everything that has ever happened to all of us is stored in our bodies. And when we allow experiences to complete themselves, like children do, then we create space and possibility for, let's say, a bu- financial abundance. We create space and possibility for creativity. We create space and possibility for love relationships. And all of this happens through rituals and practices. So it's 33 ways to amplify your life through the vehicle of love. And, um, you know, I found that this is some of the most powerful work um, and if anybody wants to get the book, then they'll find out themselves. But yeah, it's beautiful, man. Um, to me, loving louder is, is all there is at this point, you know? And, you know, I believe it's our duty. Anybody who knows, anybody who even has an inkling that love is the way, that anybody who has an inkling or understands that no matter what the question is, that love is the answer, that it's our duty to become love's voice, mm. which, is, which is why I hashtag that everywhere I go. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, you really embody that that message, and I think that's really a it's a it's a teaching and demonstration. You're demonstrating your teaching through the way that you show up, the way that you share the message, the way that we're having this conversation right now. It's a living teaching, yes, and that's what it, I yeah. love about it. Because um, you know, one of the epiphanies I had on in my journey of. Uh, identity reinvention, I guess you could say, um, and, and really narrowing down like how I wanted to show up, not, not, not having to fix myself into identity before I showed up, but in the process of doing it in a public way, I was learning about myself by the act of doing it and being accountable by putting myself in front of a camera, speaking in front of Yes. People at, um, you know, now giving like, I don't know, 300 lectures. I don't even know. But the point, the point is that I put myself in that position to learn about myself more than anything. Like spirit knew something that I didn't know and it knew that I would catch up if it just mo- if I just took the action step, right? Yes. Um yeah, there was That's a, I, there was something else that came up with that, but um no, I, yeah, so the <laughs> so the thing I wanted to just um say about that, I really like what you said about loving louder is amplifying your life. Yes. It's, it's increasing the volume and the pitch of what's already there to begin with. What I find with people oftentimes and myself included is that we are cosmetically trying to alter circumstances or alter our appearance or alter our marketing on social media or whatever. Yeah. And what I love about you and looking at your website brought this up in me too. I was like, wow, like 
this is one of the most smiley people I've ever met. Preston smiles like this. Dude is like <laughs> he is like vivacious. Like he's highly enthusiastic, and I could tell it's it's actually an it's an expression. It's and so it touched something in me to to further. Um, amplify my own life to love more, to smile more, to physically smile, right? A lot of people yes. feel like, well, I just don't feel good. It's like, well, your physiology is telling you something. Why don't I feel good? Well, look in the mirror. If you smile more, you will start to feel better. Yes, 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 for sure. That is a huge practical tip that I give people all the time. People ask, you know, because a lot of people meet me and they're like, dude, you're, you're like a big freaking kid. And, and the answer is, yeah, I am, because I understand that motion creates emotion, and I understand that everything that we're teaching now, we already came with. This is All of this stuff is just a reminder, and all we have to do is watch children. Children are the most magical beings ever until we domesticate them like German shepherds. Yes. And, then, and then they stop remembering. So for me, it's been, it's been slowing down to the speed of wisdom and remembering that it's always perfect and always, even when it doesn't appear to be. That's the biggest one. It's always perfect and always, even when it doesn't appear to be. And, and the, you know, in America especially, we get caught up in this glass half empty, half full thing. And I'm mm-hmm. all about understanding and, and being grateful that I have a glass, you know? <laughs> Getting pumped and, 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 you know, the question is, is, can you be grateful in the midst of a breakup? Can you be grateful uh, in the midst of an empty bank account? Can you be grateful in the, in the midst of a, a sick parent or a sick child? Can you see the beauty and the magic and the perfection in those states? Because if you can, you'll, um, what's this thing? Um, if you can, you'll be uh, gifted with more. You know, like we have, you know, everybody has a, a, let's say a six ounce cup. And what they don't know is their cup has holes in it and it's bleeding out. So every time they put something in, you know, they lift weights, they put on certain makeup, they do all these things to dress the cup up. But all the while, every time something goes in the cup, it never stays, it never sticks because the cup is draining out. And... As we start to understand, A, that we have holes in the cup and that that's beautiful in itself and it's always perfect and then start to experience our experience and, and be like children. You know, children, one minute will be playing with the, on a swing with, let's say, Tommy and then Tommy steals the swing, a little kid runs to his mom, Tommy stole my swing and he goes through his experience and he runs back and five minutes later, he's playing with Tommy again. Yeah. You know, but now as adults, somebody steals $10 from us and we want to kill them. We never, we'll never talk to them again and justify instead of just be with the experience. So for me, that's what it's all about. Mm, that's a powerful place. I, I was thinking too, when you mentioned the cosmetics that we're, we're dressing up the glass in this example, um, it's interesting because in my world, we there's a process of detoxification that universally occurs when somebody has built up their glass incongruent to let's just call it their soul's genuine expression or just health and vitality. Yes. And there is a cleansing, a purging that must occur in order to rebuild the house. And this is somebody's body in their life. And this is the most fascinating, fascinating psychological um, avenue for me because in that process of losing things, losing what we thought was important, the things we're holding on to in a physical sense, people have to lose 
muscle definition. They have to lose all this stuff that has been cemented in their physical body. But after that process goes through phase one, then it's the emotional body that starts purging. And then it's the, you know, the mind body. And, And then you get to that place of serenity and oneness with yourself once you've cleansed to a certain amount um, those those proverbial bodies, right? So it's kind of yeah. like it's funny. I, I I interpret things from that perspective. It's like wow, it's it's really a cleansing effect. Yes, one of my favorite quotes um, from the movie Ashes and Snow is: "Ever since my house burned down, I see the moon more clearly." Yeah. <laughs> And, you know, it's interesting. I had a client write me today about a crazy panic attack she was in and how everything was crashing. And I wrote back, amazing, with a bunch of Zs and a bunch of Is and a bunch of INGs. And I said, uh, congratulations, you know, because, you know, out of our greatest pain usually comes our greatest gain. And once we embrace what is there for us, when everything starts to crash, then we turn our pain into power and our wounds into wisdom. And, and, you know, from that space, your mess turns into your message and you get to serve people. You get to be of service because that's what it's all about when it's all said and done. We, we've all heard this before, but the key to living is giving. Mm-hmm. And the universal law of circulation, you know, for me has been the biggest game changer of all, you know. And I use the term, and this is in my book as well, Love Louder, um, the double boomerang effect. Well, let's say, Ronnie, you throw a boomerang with your right hand, which is you giving, 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 serving, putting out podcasts, doing all kinds of stuff for free, mm-hmm. right? Doing stuff when nobody's watching, you know, picking up trash off the planet, uh, doing every, all these things you're giving with your right hand. That's your boomerang, and you're throwing it out there. And then let's say four months later, two months later, two days later, you're receiving someone else's boomerang with your left. And that has been the story of my life. You know, even how I got this book deal. I got a three book, six figure book deal with Simon & Schuster without ever putting together a proposal or even trying to. Mm. I've never even written a damn book. I'm dyslexic. And I got a, I got a three book deal. But you know what it was, was I was in service and I've been in service. So understanding that principle, that the key to living is giving. And Shakespeare reminds us in Romeo and Juliet, when, he, when Juliet says, my bounty is as boundless as the sea, my love as deep. The more I give to thee, the more I have, for both are infinite. The more I give to thee, the more I have, for both are infinite. That is ridiculous. That is it. Nailed it. Mic dropped. It's all game over or game on. <laughs> it's it's almost too simple to understand, which is kind of a cosmic giggle in and of itself. Too simple to understand. Um, it, it's kind of like the example of a fish doesn't understand water. The fish can't see the water because it's it's the unified fabric of its its environment is just it yes. is in water. So it doesn't examine it. It doesn't. It's not. It's too close to it, right? And I feel like it's like that in our lives with what you're saying, um, because it's so. I notice within me, and I know from a much more pronounced perspective, this is going on with other people. Um, when I feel completely cracked open in gratitude, like I don't have to, I don't have to get myself in gratitude anymore. It's a part of my being. It literally cracks me now. Mm -hmm. And I just, the overflow comes through me. And I do notice 
or I should say I have noticed the the little bit of uh, resistance inside of me to fully levitate into it, to fully open up into it. But now it's like it just the fear dissolves because it's like I know that that's a that's a passing theme and it just wants to be transmuted into that overflow. Um, Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's awesome, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm with you. I I teach something called the three G's um, giving. Gratitude and growth. Those are those are the three principles that I live by. Mm. So on That's the money. On the yeah, and you know what? This is a great way to segue into a slightly different conversation, um, but one that I think I'm definitely interested in as a as a currently quote unquote single man. But um, understanding the power of having a power couple. You know, um, especially in the work that you do, the work that I do, um, it's definitely something that keeps kind of it's on my radar and seeing the power in that. So my question is, what lessons have you learned while pursuing your individual purpose and passion while simultaneously being invested in your relationship with a partner who is equally on her purpose? Yes. Yes, man. That is the it's been the biggest game changer of my entire life, man. Like. Mm. This, you know, as you know, anybody who's ever been in a relationship and actually wanted it or or desired or had the intention for it to be healthy. Um, that's, a, that's a good distinction right there. For sure, because anybody can be in a relationship. But if you are in the practice of having an awesome and epic relationship, mm. that's a game changer. And that takes work. That is a constant um, checking in and can be and show you where your work still is. So Alexi is the number one card holder to some of my biggest triggers, you know, and I am the same for her. And that's what's so amazing because we keep, we keep raising the bar with each other, you know, like we're like ultimate workout partners. And because of that, we're like exponentially growing as well and really fast because there is no, um, there is no out in some ways, you know, like in a sense where um, she holds a really high bar for herself. And so do I. And, you know, there's nothing that she would let me share or I would let her share unless she was living it continuously. Now, this is not saying that both of us are getting a 10 out of 10 and that we're perfect, you know, but all kinds of stuff comes up, man. All kinds of stuff. I'll tell you a story that happened recently. Um, that has been amazing for us. Um, so I grew up dyslexic. I didn't know it at the time. They put me in special education classes and all of that stuff. And one of my biggest triggers is when asked to read aloud or, um, reading with someone else. And a few weeks ago we were reading an article and Alexi asked, are you done? And I said, yeah, Now, take in mind, she's one of those people, which is why this is perfect. It's a perfect match. She's one of those people that can read a 200-page book in like two hours. Like she's a speed genius reader. And it takes me two hours to get through maybe five pages. Like it's a lot for me, right? So what a perfect match made in heaven and the stars for her to be education and reading and all of those things her whole life has been beautiful when she was like a science nerd and she was like school was great for her and school was like torture for me this was like the worst place i could ever go 
because it just reaffirmed how stupid and dumb I was mm. every day. Wow. So she's reading, we're both reading this article and she says, have you done? And I said, yeah. And she went to the next page and she started reading again. And I had all this stuff come up in me cause I lied. I was still on the first paragraph when she was at the bottom of the page. Oh, wow. And because I didn't want to feel stupid or like I couldn't read as fast, I lied. And while she was reading the second page, I just stopped and I said, babe, I got to tell you something. I just, I, I just lied to you and to myself and I feel ashamed and there's a lot coming up for me and I just want to be with this moment right now. And, and, and that in itself was work. It like was work because she holds me very high. I hold her very high. And that was a trigger for me. And that's still, it, every time something like that comes up, it points to where the work still is. You know, one of my favorite quotes is what imprisons us also points to our freedom. So whatever you're, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so that in itself was, was powerful. And I, those things, things like that are happening all the time in our relationship, power couples, relationships, that's, it's the biggest transformation game in the world. There isn't a workshop you could go to that could be better than choosing to be in a conscious powerhouse, healthy relationship. I'm all for it. And because of it, my bank account, my spiritual bank account, my physical bank account, all of it is, is like on fire right now. Okay. I'm going to, let's hit on that. Um, so what comes up for me is that I'm, I'm, well, not even what comes up, but just more of my curiosity. Um, well, yeah, I'll just share what comes up. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, let me phrase this accurately. Um, this is strong. Wow. This is like, there's, there's a, um, it's hard to put into words, but I'll, I'll, I'll attempt it here. Um, as a man who is driven by ambition, like driven by providence, there is the thought form, or I should say there has been the thought form that somehow investing into a relationship will somehow distract me from my core purpose. Uh, yes. Right. Yes. So that's kind of what I want to, um, I want to, uh, open up with you in that sense. Um, especially I, I find like young men, I'm sure this is true for women, but um, especially for men that are very driven and are very purpose driven, um, there can be that little bit of a, a distractible, I guess, edge or the thought of it anyways. Yeah. So I'm, I'm just curious, like, has that, had that ever come up for you and how did you, or, or better yet, what has been your experience, um, with that, I guess what I'm trying to say. Yes, I love that you said that because that was my conversation for years. Okay. And that's a lot of people, especially very A-type driven people who have big missions in, in the world, that conversation comes up. And then what we use to justify it is, is like, oh, well, you know, all the big leaders end up being single because they, they work. They have so much work to do. And they're, they're, it's been the exact opposite for me, the exact opposite. <laughs> All of those fears, it's done the exact opposite. And that's why I said everything is on fire. All of everything is on fire and it's lifting and it's going faster and higher than I ever could imagine because of the relationship. Mm. It's like literally having a spiritual workout partner, you know, 20, 24 hours a day who yeah. you get to kiss and love on and, and find out where you're still hiding out. 
and clean those places because our only job is to clean up our own consciousness. As Mother Teresa said, yes. um, if everybody cleaned, cleaned up their own doorstep, the whole world would be clean. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, you can't find out where the dirt is unless you're in relation. We are social beings. So it's easy to hide out. And I'm speaking about myself and potentially you and anybody else. It's easy. And I'll say this for sure. I was hiding out in my mission. Mm-hmm. And it's so easy when no one's um, threatening that or, <laughs> or, or putting a mirror in front of me and showing me the places where I'm still not living what I'm saying. Yes. So by being in a power couple relationship with Alexi, she's showing me, even with simple things, dude, like literally, we'll have um, disagreements about a freaking tile, you know, because she has a standard about what the t- what meat looks like when the towel is on the towel rack and we'll that'll come up for us and it'll show me where I still have the conversation about um growing up with a powerful mother and sister and feeling over um overwhelmed and bullied by them right and I I can see the the emotions and the triggers come up from that and them showing up and one of the big things in Alexi and I's conversation as as a couple is most of the stuff that shows up in our relationship was there before we met each other. Yes. We came with it. We brought it. It was packed in the bag. And all that's happening is these little triggers are showing us what we already came with. So it's lighter fluid to the, the you know, giant freaking forest fire that's ready to take off. Mm-hmm. So I'm like all four people meeting their one or their two or their three or their four and, and diving all in. And it doesn't always have to equal your one. You know, we've let go of this idea that, you know, it has to be a thousand years or a hundred years or 10 years or whatever, whatever we do in our society. We take, take that whole thing off, man. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, okay. This is so good. Um, what, what I was, uh, searching for originally you, you brought up. What come up? What came up for me is that the fear of doing the work and not not putting a charge on the word work, but doing the you know the activity of um, being seen. Essentially, that fear of yes. like you know we can like for me in um, just being a, a public figure, a speaker, whatever you call it, there is a certain. Um, Again, identity creation that goes into it, and my genuine desire is always to embody an authenticity. But it's it's easy when your full focus in my situation, yours, I'm sure too, and many others, is the in in the framework or the context of your career. So that that can be easier for a lot of us, especially as young men, to embody that fragment or that that part. But then the relationship thing is a, it's, it's a magnifying glass. And then that's when the, the, the ancestral or childlike fears are, uh, they're put on display. Yes, they are in a major way. Mm. And I, I welcome that, you know, and, and, you know, to me that I didn't even know, I didn't even know that this would be the next stage of my evolution, Mm. but it blew everything out of the water. You can just look, dude, like track what's happening, even on my social media, like anything I put out hits, you know, a thousand at least, Mm. you know, up to a hundred thousand to 200 to like, you know what I mean? Like, so 
all of that stuff is proof in the pudding that something has shifted, you know, because based on results, this is not, these aren't tactics. This is stuff I've been, I've been up to this when nobody's watching. You go far enough down my Facebook, you'll see two likes on things. You'll see videos of me, you know, doing all, especially on YouTube, you know, like I've been doing this a long time when nobody was watching. Um, and all of it has been a setup, man. I, I'm being used, and um, you know, there's nothing more powerful than a conscious relationship, man. I'm all for it. Okay, fantastic, fantastic. And this is a perfect segue into the next area. And you're touching a lot of chords with me personally, um, especially when you mentioned if you go further, far enough down my Facebook, you'll see two likes. And I definitely just like you have been doing this in the shadows and bringing it out to light and um, just judging, you know, taking away the charge and judging life based on feedback opposed to my story about it, what this means, oh, am I not yes. good enough, blah, blah, blah. That, that's not real. That's actually a story. What's real is feedback. Yes. Um, and so, you know, I don't – I'm going to segue into this in a moment, but I want to flow into it. You know, what, what you're bringing up is to me essentially my interpretation is that the vibratory shifting that has happened within you by this – by Alexi, your partner coming into your life at the right time, right? That's a big thing. Timing is everything. Yep. Um, and God's delays are not God's denials, everybody. Yes. Um, but anyways, that created uh, an opening for more of you to come through where yes. it could affect or influence people where in your single life, um, whatever that is, it just wasn't able to reach out. The light wasn't able to reach out to as many people as it is now in the way that you're showing up. That's what I'm, I'm getting is that it's yes. the way you're showing up is now congruent for that vision that's been inside of you while you were in your own, I guess, world, you could say. Yes, for sure. For sure, man. That is absolutely it. Okay. So with that, I want to ask you, what is your interpretation of success? Mm. That is my interpretation of success. Yes. Every chance, every moment I get to be on this planet. You know, Ronnie, I've had some some beautiful gifts that didn't look like gifts when I was in the middle of them um, over the last even 10 years. Um, everything from, you know, being told that I would be on heart medicine for the rest of my life to mm. watching people literally take their last breath with their brains splattered on the ground mm. and me holding them as they die in my arms. Like, I have... I have I've seen some stuff and been privy to, to some of the most uh, horrifying and, um, you know, pretty gut-wrenching stuff. And hmm, for me, I never want to forget how beautiful it is just to be in a dance. Hmm. To, to be a part of life in this way, on this, in this dimension, in this realm. And like how, you know, and we've seen it, we've heard it a million times with people on their deathbed when they say, you know, I wish I would have made more mistakes. Yes. I wish I would have laughed harder. I wish I would have jumped higher. I wish I would have played more. Mm. You know, I, I, for me, success is when I'm like operating in flow. 
you know, um, most people are in to me conversations. And don't get me wrong, I'm in this as well sometimes. But to me conversations is life is happening to me. And then by me conversations are where, you know, a lot of people get to, which is, oh, I'm the creator of my own reality. You know, these are entrepreneurs. Hustle hard, you know. This is the new thing that's being taught everywhere is hustle until you get it, yeah. right? But, but the next conversation is the, is the through me conversation, is the as me conversation, which is surrender to the whole thing. So that's the one I'm, I'm, I'm my intention, and that's where success is for me. When I'm in a through me, as me conversation, then I am, I am being successful. Success is life, is living, is being in the dance, just like the little kid who gets his swing taken by Tommy and is back playing with Tommy five minutes later. Everything else is extra. When you've seen someone take their last breath, you get that the only thing that matters is breath. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, um, yeah, I'll leave it at that. I'll leave it at that. That's, that's a brilliant answer. I love that you brought up the four stages of consciousness. Yes. Um, it's funny. I, I've been bringing that up with a lot of people. And I actually, in December, I did a seven-day retreat in Nicaragua. And I did two-hour lectures every single day, and the final lecture was based loosely on that theme, actually. It was walking through. I actually you know, did the whole Joseph Campbell's hero journey breakdown and then led into what you just shared. I found that really, really cool is, um, <laughs> yeah, the to me, the by me, the by through me. me, and then as me. Do we have the courage to see life as me? Whatever's yep. happening, whoever I'm talking to, are they an emanation of God as me? Yes. Um, That's it. A, it's, a, it's a profound place to even sink into for a minute, let alone, um, you know, come back to that. And so what comes up for me in this is that ultimately for everyone listening as well, the thing that I want to drive in on this note is that it's a choice, Mm. You actually have a choice. There is a menu board of the universe and you may just not have known how big that is. You may have been going to McDonald's your whole life. You didn't know that there were other options. And so we're just giving you like an expanded um, bandwidth of what's possible and you get to make the choice. Indeed. Indeed. Mm. So, um... With the time we have left, I would love to know, what does your daily um, r- routine, ritual landscape look like? Like, how do you start your day? Yeah, man. Um, so, n- now that I'm in a beautiful partnership with my partner, Sean, Alexi, um, we set two alarms. The first alarm is to l- gently bring our consciousness um, back into the room. And, um, so we can have some snuggle couple time. So, mm-hmm. and then, you know, about 20 to 30 minutes later, we then actually wake up and the second alarm goes off. And when that alarm goes off, which is usually around six thirty, um, I usually go through a stream of consciousness about <clears throat> everything I'm grateful for. Um, without judging any of it. So it's like, um, morning pages without the page and the pen because that goes into intellect. So the moment I like 
am aware and back in my body fully. Um, I just go into this, like, I'm grateful for my lips, my teeth, my hair. I'm grateful for life. I'm grateful for chips. I'm grateful for, you know, dingoes. And it just, whatever comes out. And it's usually crazy as heck. Um, but it's beautiful. And I just let myself experience that. I just take the ride. And then um, we just moved into a new uh, place in Venice. So um, now, you know, I was in Bali for a month. And that was a different ritual. I would I would go do that whole thing, then meditate, you know, basically in the jungle, listening to these cicadas singing to me, and then take off all my clothes and jump in my pool completely naked and swim, and then get out of there and stretch and do a little bit of what most people would label as yoga, but just stretching and breathing, and then reading a bit, and then either surfing or... Um, doing some type of physical activity and then posting on social media, commenting back and et cetera, et cetera. We also do something. I do something every day called the gratitude kata, which um, goes a little something like this. So, um, and this is marrying the breath with the body. I got this from the Institute of Embodied Wisdom from my mentor, Scott Cody. Um, And so basically I stand up, and this literally happens every day. I just, it doesn't, there's not an order to where, when it happens. I stand up and um, facing the West, I do basically like a sun salutation, bringing my arms back to my heart, feeling my heartbeat, just checking in with the heart, bringing gratitude to the heart. And then my arms go back in the air, fully extended. And I say gratitude for God, for divine intelligence. I breathe that in, and I bring my hands back to my heart, breathing that in. And then my hands go out in front of me, stretched out directly in front of me, and I say gratitude for all people, no exceptions. I keep my hands out there until I mean it, and then the hands come back to the heart again. I breathe that in, and then my hands go down to the ground. I say gratitude for Mother Earth, sustainer of all life. And I breathe that in until I mean it. And then I come back to the heart again. And I take one step forward with my left foot forward, hands out. And I say gratitude for my future, for infinite possibility. And then I breathe that in, back to the heart. Then I turn the exact opposite direction, left foot forward. And I put my hands out again and I say thank you for my past, for everything that has brought me to this very moment. And I breathe that in and back to the heart. Then I step to the left and I put my hands up. I say, thank you for the masculine, for warrior energy, for that which is direct, for logic. And I breathe that in and I come back to the heart and I go the exact opposite direction to the right of the room or wherever I'm standing. And I say, thank you for, for the feminine, for flow, for intuition, for goddess, for creativity. And I breathe that in and I bring it back to the heart. And then I turn back to where I started from and do one more salutation back to the heart. And I say, thank you for being with it all so beautifully. And then take a deep breath and continue. <sighs> what that makes me think of is that, um, and again, this is my own feeling, but I really believe that so many people share this, this notion that 
gra- the, the practices that you've laid out um, and different practices that amplify a state of gratitude. Again, anything we do is based on the state in which we do it. I, for some time, actually had a, a tug of war because I'm such an action oriented person. Somehow I wouldn't sink in fully to meditation or to gratitude practices because there was a part of me that felt that that I wasn't working the Mm. activity of it was more of like I don't know how you would say it just kind of like um it just wasn't part of my goals you know what I mean like there was that part of me that was still holding on to a little bit of fear of letting go into the reality that this is this is the quote-unquote work if we're going to use that word an activity that allows us to live in a state of gratitude that increases flow in our life, that brings things or magnifies things to us so we don't have to work as hard. Yes, 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 yes. (laughs) (laughs) So beautiful. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, man, I just wanted to say that and, and acknowledge that and also acknowledge again that Um, What I get from you and the way that you express yourself and the way that you're living your life um, from my perception on the other side of this this computer is that, you know, you're you're inviting everybody that watches you to invite more grace and more flow into their life and allow things to happen through them opposed to them having to make everything happen. So one day they become fulfilled and happy. Indeed. Yes, sir. So with, um, with, with that said, what is something you would love to leave the audience with? <sighs> Let me just be with this for a second. Mm. Um, so uh, what's, the, what's the quote? Um, um it's like the laws of physics um, until an equal or opposite uh, yeah, I think an object in motion mm-hmm. stays in motion. Yes. Until something basically the same size as it or bigger comes and hits it and sends it into a different direction. Um, so one of the things that I've come to truly understand is that um, our perspective, which is opinion, creates our perception, which is our awareness. And our perception creates our beliefs, and our beliefs create our behavior, and our behavior creates our experience, our experience creates our reality, and our reality creates our next perspective. And this circle and cycle continues until something comes in and jars it and knocks it off. And I invite everybody to do that for themselves. To bring an awareness and just ask yourself, how am I in my own way? What am I believing about this life, about me, about life in itself that has me suffering, that has me um, uh, in some uh, illusion that that things aren't perfect right now? And then, and then, and then step into that work and knowing that it doesn't have to be ugly and dirty and, uh, you know, you don't have to be in tears and it doesn't have to be heavy. You know, transformation and personal development can be fun. You can do the same with a smile on your face, even in the midst of tears. 
You know, I'm, I'm literally living that right now. All kinds of stuff comes up for me. I get moved daily all the time. And like, what imprisons us also points to our freedom and it's freedom time. It's time to free ourselves. So I invite anybody listening to this call to walk towards anything that scares you the most. Whatever it is that, that, that has the, the biggest hold on you, I invite you to continue to chip away at that thing on a daily basis because we are what we practice. Whatever we practice more of, we get more of. And a huge way to do this is through asking powerful questions because powerful questions call for powerful answers. Like, what am I believing right now? How am I in my own way right now? What is this fear here to teach me? What good is here that I presently cannot see? What would love do now and now and now? (laughs) These are the type of questions that will propel you forward. And you will stack like moments on top of moments and it will become a new normal that has you vibrating so high that you will become the light and the flame wherever you go. So yes, take yourself on. Love will find a way. Everything else will find an excuse. I am, we are, love's voice. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, so, so perfect. So beautiful. It's essentially everything distilled in my own, my own space. It comes down to continually making an upgraded choice a choice to be different, a choice to do something different. And as you stack those choices and you act on those choices at whatever stage and pace you're at, you will come to a place where you have literally upgraded yourself so you can never fall back down after a certain standard. No matter how hard life gets, no matter what comes at you, you won't drop below that set point because you have done the work to upgrade yourself um, and it just keeps on going. Yes, yes, yes. Mm. Yeah, Rastafari. Thank you so much for being here. Yeah, uh, where can everybody find more about your work and get a copy of your book? Uh, at PrestonSmiles.com, you will find my book and more of my work. I appreciate you so much, man. And, you know, not that anybody has to buy my book or any of my work. It, what I, do what resonates best with you. Um, but I do appreciate any new tribe member and family, and that's what you will be joining if you are, uh, you know, visiting my stuff. Mm. Beautiful. All right. Well, thank you so much. And for everyone listening, if you are still listening, it's a good guess that you really enjoyed this interview. And, <laughs> yeah. and I, I mean, geez, you could tell by my enthusiasm. You could tell by my tonality um, that I'm just lit up and I'm so excited to be able to share the space with someone like Preston Smiles to share his insights and wisdom. And I couldn't be happier to be a part of this collective momentous movement that we're all a part of. And thank you all for tuning in, supporting this podcast, continuing to get the gems, the gems of insight that come through you. And the very last thing I want to say is that whenever you do get those resonant moments, those insights, grab a hold of it. Grab it, tune into it, hold on to it, and act on it. Do something with it so your life can be transformed as well. 
Thank you so much for tuning in, and we'll check you out on the next episode. Aloha. Aloha.